Imagine you just woke up and checked your WhatsApp messages. Throughout the night, your family members from all over the world send news articles back and forth and comments on the current events, each a little bit more devoid of the reality of the situation, some in English, some from government-backed sources, some fake news. For me, in between the messages of Happy Birthday and Merry Christmas exist the messages of news articles that are, that are forwarded many times, meaning it's five group chats away from their original sender. I see this happen all the time in my own family group chat. If five different group chats worth of people have read and consumed it, it must be true, right? On many of these chatting platforms, it's hard to diagnose the truth, especially as English and non-English media mix and present different realities. Here is an example of a young woman talking about misinformation spreading in her South African family. It's very funny. Unfortunately, true. Hello, my name is Sean Krakatu, and I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. I'm a first year studying economics and history at Vanderbilt University. Hello, I'm the co-host Sophia Yan. I'm from Shenzhen, China, currently studying economics and organizational behavior at Vanderbilt University. In this episode of the misinformation spread by our immigrant families, as a part of the Buchanan Fellowship podcast series, we discuss the spread of misinformation on social media platforms among immigrant communities in the United States. In recent years, social media that are supposed to connect distant friends and families have fallen prey to malicious actors and became the dominant breeding grounds for widespread misinformation. Right-wing conspiracy theories are reaching non-white communities like Asians and Latinos through platforms including WhatsApp, WeChat, KakaoChat, Facebook, and YouTube. Asian Americans and Latinos are extremely diverse populations covering many different ethnic and linguistic backgrounds. Thus, it has been difficult for political parties to draw conclusions about these groups' voting patterns. The Democratic Party largely relies on the assumption that Republicans' racist and xenophobic rhetorics will be sufficient to turn Asian and Latino voters away. But the Republican Party's portrayal of the Democratic Party as pro-communist has brought appeal to the older immigrants from Latin America, Eastern Asia, and South America, South Asia. Additionally, right-wing groups have used WeChat and WhatsApp to smear the goals of the Black Lives Matter movement and warn the mass riot that were to occur on election day to deter Asians and Latinos from going out to vote. Misinformation among immigrants is indeed a systemic issue. Any explanation for why social media chats are such fertile grounds for breeding, breeding misinformation among the non-English speaking immigrant communities? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. So there are two main reasons that contribute to the problem of misinformation among immigrants. Firstly, many immigrants 
may be particularly vulnerable to misinformation on social media because they often lack the linguistic and cultural knowledge to access mainstream credible news sources. So they tend to rely on community-driven translated content on demographic-specific apps. For Chinese people, that's most likely to be WeChat. For Koreans, that is KakaoChat. And for many other immigrant groups, that's likely to be WhatsApp. Instead of connecting immigrants with their overseas relatives and families, these apps become a breeding ground for non-English misinformation sources. The second reason, social media platforms controlled by American companies are slow to flag misinformation in non-English content. It is common knowledge that social media algorithms promote content based on their ability to become viral instead of the validity of the information. Despite some social media companies' recent efforts to play catch-up with public health and other forms of misinformation during the pandemic, the combat against misinformation in immigrant communities has fallen short. For example, after Alex Jones has been removed from YouTube for spreading misinformation about COVID, King Radio, the Vietnamese-American equivalent platform is still actively spreading public health and political disinformation on YouTube. Policies and practices to avoid and stop the spread of information traditionally come from two places as well. The people consuming and sharing misinformation on different social media platforms like WhatsApp and the social media companies themselves. Researchers at the University of Cambridge have found that teaching people to distinguish between fake and real news actually helps them identify real news. They did this through a gamified social media platform called Bad News, where you're tested on the credibility of the information you're putting out, out as well as the information you're consuming. Thus, educating people about fake news is foundational in preventing a misinformed public. Additionally, researchers at Harvard tested four ways social media companies could work to make it easier for people to engage with less fake news on their platforms and found that explainability, transparency, oversight, and trust were central to decreasing the spread of misinformation. Often, though, these policies are much more effective in, in, in English language media and not as accessible for non-English speakers, especially in the United States. Thus, considering my own family and the WhatsApp story from story from earlier, it's important for WhatsApp to prevent and add more safeguards for posts that have been shared many, many times and allow for some human review of the content being shared. Additionally, relying on the platform just isn't enough in many cases. While the technology improves, it's crucial to start canvassing and training more bilingual volunteers to reach immigrant voters via social media and in person and find trusted messengers who can take the time to build relationships with the people who are consuming this misinformation as well as community leaders. As an immigrant, I, I personally think the best way to dissuade this disinformation is to talk to friends and family and see where they're getting their news from, but also having conversations with them about the state of the world and our democracy. In the end, the responsibility falls on each and every one of us to support sound journalism, especially in non-English content, and spread accurate and truthful information with our personal network. Thank you all for listening to this episode, and thank you to the Buchanan family for sponsoring this fellowship. 